Yo, what's poppin'? It was your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of Father Bucket Protocol. We still in the building, baby. Yeah. Okay, that was a bit much. Relax. Dean, bring it down a wee bit, a tad bit. Hope all is going well with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm laying low for the next week. Gotta, gotta re-energize the cells. You feel me? I ain't promoting no gigs. I'm promoting seeing another year, huh? As my boring day approaches, huh? <laughs> the boring day approaches. We've seen another cycle around the sun. <coughs> around the sun. And I'm looking forward to many more. Inshallah. You know, hopefully. Hopefully. Huh? Things have been cool, yo. Um, before I go any further... I know I said, yeah, we're going to get uh, part two of uh, Lynn Coppets, uh, but these things happen. You know, you got to you got to uh, you got to let things happen and uh, fall into play as it may. You feel me? You know, what I mean, so. Um, so anyway, um, uh, you know, we planned on having Lynn Coppets uh, on this week as well we just we were not able to record this time but here's the good news uh we're going back we're actually both going back to Los Vegas we're both gonna make another trip out to LV and we decided you know let's just record it when we're out there you know give us something to do and give y'all something to look forward to that'll be um I believe that's uh in about two months if you can wait that long hopefully you all uh, will be there uh, that's you know his is funny. That's what I always think. I'm like, man, I hope I don't die because I don't want to miss the final episode of Star Wars. <laughs> you ever think that? I'm like, shoot, I cannot die. Please don't let me die. And he's like, if a plane is hits turbulence, I'm like, please don't let this plane go down because I need to know how Avengers: Infinity War Part Two ends. You know, it's the little things shows shows what type of uh things I hold important. <laughs> Are you concerned for your family and your friends and your well-being? Yeah, I mean, them too, but I got to know um, what, what happens with Thanos and Captain Marvel. We got to see how this ends. Feel me? Uh, that's just me. Uh, what's been going on? How's, how's your summer been, man? Has it been a good summer? Has it been a, 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 a fun summer? summer? Some of this, some of that? It's been, been cool. I've, I've actually enjoyed... Um, I've enjoyed... Enjoying this summer as it's been thus far. It's going well. Uh, it peaks and valleys, but for the most part, I can't complain, man. You know, hey, hey, man, I'm blessed, you know. Uh, his, his was so, so this was interesting for y'all um, because I think I've, I've even mentioned um, that you, you never want to get too complacent or too comfy or com- comfortable. Right, you never want to get too comfortable, um, cause you didn't, um, you didn't want to uh, ever have people, or you don't want to ever have people think you're not on your on your p's and q's, right? And so I always go into something, especially if I'm in a new space, new spot, new club, or what have you. I want to make sure people know. That I'm serious about this. That this is not a game. And so, 
And so going out to do, um, you know, Comedy Cellar, they have their new room at the Rio uh, Casino and Spa, or whatever it's called, out there in lovely Las Vegas, lovely uh, Vegas of Las. And so I go out there with the intention, like, hey, all right, let me put my foot in these fools and let them know that this is not a game, that, that, that Dean brings the heat. Er time, er time, right? And so with that said... When I get out there, um, we were doing Thursday through Sunday because Michael Che, normally it's Wednesday through Sunday, but Michael Che and Cypher were doing the Wednesday night because he's working on his new hour. And uh, and shout out to Shay because I know he's uh, he's about to reluctantly host the Emmys. <laughs> I know he doesn't feel like it, but, you know, Juji calls. Uh First word, those ain't even first word problems. Those are first Hollywood problems. You know what I mean? Like, like the, the average person living in the States does not have to worry about uh, not wanting to host an awards show, right? <laughs> um, so they did, they did Wednesday. I wish I had known, too, because I would have I actually just flown in a day earlier just to uh, hang out and check out the show. No biggie. So, so I get there Thursday. Um, I land... Uh, my man Mark Cohen is is the host and I guess the point person. How they actually are running the, the gig? It's almost is what do they say? The, uh, they're letting the uh, the loonies run the asylum because it's really you you uh, no no one's there to supervise or so I thought. Like I, the 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 info just said you know what we'll have um. Okay. Mark Cohen, he he's he's your host this week, and he's the contact person. He'll he'll put you in contact and give you all the information you need as far as they give you a um they give you a what's it called the EDR the employee dining room. So they give you a card so you can eat free in the employee dining room. They also give you this little laminate uh, uh, that says Comedy Cellar, so that people know that you actually are employed by the uh, the club out there, right? So I call son. I landed, I landed early, I got there, probably landed at like, I don't know, let's say like 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it was actually hotter in New York City than it was in Vegas, which lets you know something is, is awry, there is a problem with, with our world right now, when Las Vegas is actually cooler than New York City, it's crazy, and, and, and people always say, well, you know, it's, 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 it's it's not the it's it's dry heat. It's not the sticky heat. Heat is heat, man. You feel me? So uh, so I go out and I I, I lay low, catch a breather, cause I think I had to wake up like dumb early. My flight was uh I want to say maybe ten eleven o'clock that morning. So I um I land, I rest for an hour or two, and I'm like, oh shoot, I didn't call Mark to let him know. That I need to uh, need to get those things from him, so I uh, so I pick those things. Uh, I I call him. He's like, "Do you need them?" I call him like four o'clock. He's like, "You need them?" I said, "No. I just wanted to really check in to make sure you knew that um that I made it in on time." He was like, "Yeah, I'm actually still on my way. I guess he was driving up from L.A." So um so when I get there, uh, he says, "Oh, you know what? You can go to there's a Smash Burger in the spot." And since there's a smash burger, uh, he was like, you can get like a discount down there. Um, and if you want to get the uh, discount, just show him your laminate or let him know that you're employed. I said, man, I'm, I'm fine. He said, but in the meantime, 
go and um and hold on. So I go down there and he says, you know, make sure you uh you download the app because you can get a free free meal. Now you have to understand something about comedians. Comedians love free. Alright? I think all artists, all entertainers, just dig free. If something's free, we want it. I don't care if you're at a college, doing a college gig. If somebody has a free t-shirt, you're like, I want that t-shirt. If they have a long sleeve t-shirt, even better. If they have a sweatshirt, you feel like you're balling. You're like, you know what, this sweatshirt is going to last me for at least two decades. I, I want XL. <laughs> Everything XL. I don't care if I'm four foot eleven. give me XL. This I'm going to be wearing this sweatshirt when I'm 70, right? So you tell me it's some free. I'm not even big on Smash Burger. I re- you know what? I don't eat a lot of red meat except when I'm on the road, and then I mess up my insides. My colon gets toe up because I need my beef. <laughs> I need my beef. Give me some meat. Give me some more meat, please. So, you know, I uh, go... While I'm down there, I actually had clairvoyance, and Mark, Mark actually says to me, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, Esty, that books uh, the seller, she's out here. Um, she'll be there tonight. I'm like, word. <laughs> I was like, so that's an added level of, not anxiety, but added level of here. Now, I, I really want to make sure I do well. Um, I guess she came out because Che and Cypher were there the night before, which makes sense. You know, you're having your first uh, big show, um, you know, at the club, aside from the opening. And so you want to make sure that the talent is taken care of and that the uh, casino treats them right. And that, you know, you have uh, not only a good crowd and good numbers, but make sure things run smoothly. Because, I mean, Shay is a a celebrity, you know, um, as far as celebrities go, you know. First black head writer on uh, SNL First Black Weekend Update uh, uh, correspondent. It's a big thing. So I get it. And then actually, while I was sitting there, I said, Oh, it'd be funny if I ran into who, who walks into Smash Burger, but SD. So she and I, we got to kick it and talk for a while. And then that night, I was on some here. Let me make sure, make sure I bring that f- fire, bring that heat. Bring that thunder. Always be on your P's and Q's, fellas and ladies. Make sure you bring that that heat. Because you never know who's going to be watching. And sometimes you do know who's watching. And you want to make sure you impress upon them that you're above average. And not just par for the course. So that's what I did. That first show, I liked the feel of the room. As I said, I think when I had John Lasseter on, a casino gig is not really about you per se, so much as it's about making sure you, you uh, distract the people and, and, and keep them uh, preoccupied, take their minds off of gambling so that when they go back to wherever they're in Vegas, um, they're more relaxed. You know, Michael Chase headlining, doing his hour, people come out specifically for that. But myself, Lynn Coplitz, uh, uh Mark Cohen, uh, Rocky and Henry, people are coming out because it's a comedy club. And I get that. Never never get don't get it twisted, don't get your position um 
in the hierarchy of entertainment twisted. Understand and know your position and when it's time when you get to that point that people are paying for you, paying to come see you, then then embrace it. But in the meantime, know your role and, and play your position, man. So, uh, you know, that first show, first show, we went hard in the paint, but it's early show. First show starts at 7 o'clock. The sun's still out. Even though it's dark in the casino, the sun's still out in my mind, so I'm like, all right, you know what? It's going to be a little more of a challenge. So I go with the family-friendly set, you know? But then uh, the 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 9 o'clock show is a little later. It's a younger crowd, a little hipper. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to have to put my foot in these fools. I'm going to have to let them know this is not a game out here. Plus, you know what, Esty's watching. Let me make sure Esty knows what the deal is. Because she was, she was big enough, Che, and, and, you know, comics, not even comics, all entertainers want to be the, the, the main focus. You're happy, I don't mind hearing somebody else get that, but, but in your mind, you also say, oh, you know what, let me, let me remind them. I'm nice with this, too. So I did. My girl, Lynn. Uh, Coppice, who was on the show, she she was like, yeah, she was like, she was really impressed. She was like, I know it was good, but I did not know that. So I'm like, good. And you know what? It leads to more spots. I was leased up at the cellar this past weekend. It was a good look. Um, and had had a blast out there, man. We had fun. We had fun out there in uh, in Vegas. So much so that uh, after I came off stage. For that, that second show, uh, that first night, um, she was asking, she was like, did you like the club? I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fun. And she's like, um, would you do it again? I was like, how often are you booking it? Like, what, twice a year? She's like, we'll book it, bring you back in the next month or two. So I'll be back in, I'll be back in, in September, uh, after China, but before my next cruise gig. I'm actually looking forward to this China gig, man. Should be fun. My man Mike Vecchione, he uh he just did it. He told me he had a blast, and he then went to I think uh he did Thailand, so I think he did Thailand afterwards. I'm not doing Thailand because um they were talking about you gotta pay for your own hotel, and even the hotel six dollars. I'm like that's six dollars that I should not have to spend. That's that's my opinion. You know, some people might feel differently. It is what it it is what it is, huh? That's how we look at it. It's, it's, you know, so I don't, I don't, I don't trip on it. Um, and if you did it, fine. I, I know Gina Yashray. She said um, she usually uses it as a, as a type of vacation. Uh, you know, it, this this is for everybody that books a, a gig, and attempts to sell it on some vacation tip. I like choosing my own vacation spots, man. <laughs> if you have a gig in Anguilla, uh, St. Martin. Then we'll talk. Aside from that, don't talk to me about. Oh man, it's a great, it's a great gig. It's like a mini vacation. I don't care about vacation. Give me, give me my. F you pay me, uh, F you pay me. I want the check. All right. <laughs> and I say that because I, I've noticed as of late that the more and more uh, promoters um, are attempting to use that as a lure. To go do a gig, hey man, yeah, you should, you should come do this gig. Um, what's the money like? Well, it's not a great money, but think of it as a, as a gig and a staycation. 
What? No, no. I must act like they're doing you a favor by by sending you a a flight in a hotel. Where I'm supposed to stay in in the bus station? I'm supposed to swim uh, overseas? Hmm? Catch a helicopter? Uh, transmute to to the location? You supposed to fly me to to your location? That's that's uh that's a given. Don't talk to me about it, and, and that's that's for everybody out there that's listening, especially the new Jack Cats. You know, uh, don't don't fall for the okie doke. Know your worth. If if nothing else, they should not. You you should get more money than than the ticket costs to fly over there. If if at bare minimum, but you also you know someone asked me to do this gig overseas. It's a gig I did. Now, the late night, I want to say maybe 99, did this gig, and they flew us overseas, and I think I got either a G or 1500, right? It was was worth it. You know, it was a fun gig. It was a theater. Uh, We did two theater shows. If I got 1500, say that's 750 a show, Um, and was overseas just having a good time with a bunch of other uh, comics, you know. Um, maybe a year or two ago, promoter, same promoter called me to do the gig for either the same or less money. I was like, what? What? And called me while I was in Dubai, getting a real check. And, 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 and I was, I was so offended, but I said, you know what? It's not even worth getting into a back and forth argument. But I, I, I told him, I was like, yo, I'm getting getting way more than that over here and as a matter of fact now that I think of it the promoter I was talking to he wanted to he wanted me to put him in contact with the promoter in Dubai that's what it was he saw I was in Dubai and so he was like he was like yeah like you know I'd love to talk no 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 so you could so you do do up the buddy in Dubai too no yo this is the protocol protocol for today is don't ever put other promoters in contact with other promoters because they do not have your best interests at hand every comic that's listening any entertainer that is this know that man do not put multiple promoters in contact with each other because they are in the business of promoting and keeping as much money for themselves the worst thing you want to happen in a situation like that is one promoter that doesn't pay good money another promoter that does and then you introduce them next thing you know the promoter that doesn't pay anything starts whispering in the ears of the promoter that is spending good money and saying hey why are you why are you paying them that much you know how much i don't pay i pay at my gig and then the promoter that's spending a lot of money it's like wait they're in, they're doing it for that they're doing it for that they're doing it for that little bit amount why am i spending this much money next thing you know the money drops and now everybody's going out there for a bag of skittles it's, 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 it ain't worth it man it ain't worth it man it ain't worth it the equalizer 2 came out um Big shout out to uh, that was that was Denzel's. It was it was his first. It was his first sequel ever, the first sequel he ever did, 
And and here he has, he, he did a sequel, and it was number one at the box office. Good, good on, good on him, huh? <laughs> good, good stuff. Good, uh, it's good to know. Glad that he, uh, that that he did it, and it and it and it, and it worked out. Uh, anyway, good for Denzel. Um, yeah, I just lost. You ever, you ever lose your train of thought? That's this what just happened. Um, I guess it did. But we're back. And we're back. So like I said, I'm, I'm back in the rhythm. I'm, I'm working on this. Uh, I'm working on a Tonight Show set, son. I've, I've noticed as of late that uh, at the Tonight Show, a couple of cats have done it multiple times. Big up to them. And you know what? I, I, I focused on, while I was at sea, while I was on the cruise, I focused on formulating a Tonight Show set. And I had my my man Nick Guerra actually help me go over. Actually, Nick, my man Mark Vieira, um, they helped me go over some of some of the jokes that I plan on working on for this submission. And here's what's funny. It's always interesting getting another set of eyes on your material, right? Because that's uh and and the reason I say that, the reason it's good to do that is because when you have another set of eyes on your on your material, then someone else can see things that you haven't seen. It's it's sort of like look at it like uh something as simple as me doing impressions, right? I can't hear how my voice sounds. That's why you ever notice when when someone does an impression of someone to their face, the person they're doing is like, well, you don't really sound like like and me doing Jay Z, Dame Dash telling telling Jay Z, yo, this is the dude that do you, yo, ding dong, and now I'm sitting there, you know, doing Jay Z's voice in front of Jay, and, and Sean Carter's looking at me like, yeah, okay, I guess <laughs> if that's what you think, because I'm never gonna sound. To him, the way he sounds to him, because he's talking in his voice and he's hearing his voice through his own head, if that makes any sense. And so the same thing with material. When you when you work in material, you, once you start running a joke, you start seeing it from your own perspective, from and then it's harder to see it from any other perspective. So that's why it's good to have somebody else. Um, look at your material because they might see things that you're missing you know that's the same as simple as having you writing something and having someone proofread it you might miss that you use the wrong uh punctuation or you might have misspelled certain words um whatever you do it's, it's always good to get another set of eyes on on your ideas maybe maybe later maybe maybe you wait to do it you know if if you say if you're writing like if you're writing a screenplay or you writing a book you, you don't necessarily have someone look at it while while you're in the midst of writing it because you only have one shot at getting there uh making that first impression but after you write it after you finish your your initial um first run first draft of it you know you you let someone else uh see it and then they say oh you know what maybe you might want to do this you might want to make this adjustment here's here's some other ideas and that's what happened uh while i was gigging at sea i I think i showed it uh 
I showed uh, Nick, and I showed Vieira, and then uh, and then they were able to say, oh, you know what? Here's an idea. Here's something you might do, and uh, and even uh, Theobald, Theobald saw um, saw some of the material, and he gave me a really good uh, gave me a really good t- it was it wasn't a, a, a late late night like a, a tonight show. It was put it this way, it was more. More Conan O'Brien than uh, Jimmy Fallon, if that makes any sense. A little, little edgier, a little more edge on there, uh, as it were. But it was, it was a good idea, nonetheless. Um, and I, and I had fun with it. Mm. Oh, you know what? I wanted to. I'm curious how y'all feel. How y'all feel out there? Um, it has come to my attention that, uh, there's a divide. There's always a divide in, um, in, in generations, right? There, there's a divide in perspective of female comedians, female comics. Um, now I, I, I... I tread lightly on the subject of the whole Me Too movement because I am a man and therefore I don't want, I don't want nobody projecting their angst or frustration on me. Right? So I had a, a female comic ask me recently over the weekend. She said, you know what? I'm new to New York City. Um... But I was around another uh, female comic, and she got an email from from a male comic uh, giving her, I guess, some constructive criticism on a joke, a material, and then that female that was receiving the criticism actually uh, was saying to this uh more mature female comic I should paint that picture the the other female comic she's roughly in her 40s it's not Lynn Cobbage either just because I just had her on the podcast I want y'all to sort of deduct that it is it's a different comic um and she mentions that uh she mentions that the uh younger newer comedian um when she got the DM she was like oh my gosh he's harassing me and and I so out of line. And her question to me was, um, um, do I think that she should, do I think it's out of pocket or out of line for her to either do a blog on it or even talk about it on stage? Now, on the one hand, this person, you know, spoke to you in confidence, and so maybe talking about it... Uh, on stage um, might not be the best approach or if you do or if you even vlog about it perhaps you speak to them about it first to, and tell them you know what I'm I'm confused because from what I understand and this is her speaking from, from her perspective she she read the message that the guy sent her and he he went above and beyond to make sure he didn't come off creepy, make sure that he didn't 
say anything, you know, out of pocket. He was actually giving her constructive criticism and and speaking via via text, obviously, in a tone that would uh, that would uh, give evidence that he wasn't trying to necessarily push up. Cause, cause let's be honest, a lot of a lot of comics will do that. Um, like more established performers see a new like when it comes to male ma- a more established male performer will see a new uh female performer and and will will say to themselves oh you know what yeah I'm gonna, let me let me let me show how it's done let me show her the ropes and also see if I can slide in and then holler right people do do that often you know so I'm I'm not I'm not mad at somebody that is aware of that and gets frustrated with men doing that. But my, I guess my my problem, my issue is, and and uh, this this uh, this elder statesman uh, comic, um, or stateswoman, her problem is, you know what? When you when you start when you start grouping in the the good ones with the bad ones aren't you just sort of messing up messing it up for everyone you know, at what point do at what point do and I, i'm i'm merely asking the question and maybe you know if we have any female listeners y'all can y'all can answer for me or y'all can help give me some clarity but at what point are are men allowed to express an opinion towards you without it being misread or misconstrued as him trying to holler him him saying something out of pocket i i wish i had the i did i did not read the email all i can say is that uh that from from an older female comics point of view it there was nothing out of pocket or out of line or disrespectful or disingenuous or creepy or 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 harassment wise that the the uh male comic was saying to a female comic. And so that's I guess that's that's my question because if if that continues to have like look, I joke about it on stage, but I ain't giving anybody a hug no more. I'm not I'm now I wave. You lean in to give me a hug, my hands are straight up in the air. As, as like the cops just pulled me over, <laughs> you know, because because now it's like I don't want nobody thinking somebody. I don't want anybody like misread my intentions other than salutations and hello. I think uh, somebody just told me that they saw Alonzo Bolton had this real funny joke now that he said he takes he wants to go on a date with a woman. He's gonna take her straight to the police station. Uh, at the police precinct, that way they're witnesses <laughs> from the mind of 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 Alonzo Bowden. Because you know he speaks he speaks and he speaks with authority. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll do as many impressions on here as I used to. Maybe I should get back to that. Perhaps we will. Boom. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Why does Kev always do that? Boom. <laughs> Kev speaks quick, and then he stops. And then he stops, and then he speaks again. I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, um, you know, so so let's let's be a little less brittle towards one another. And fellas that are out of pocket, I'm checking everybody. I'm not just checking the those who who claim everything is harassment. Uh, because to me, if if every dude is 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 harassing you, at some point you got to wonder. Okay, well. Is it every dude or am I being a little insensitive? And to every dude out there, look, I understand where it comes from. I understand uh, the the hypersensitive nature that we live in, uh, or hyper hypersensitive uh, mood everyone has now because everything's on blast. And so it's two-sided. On the one hand, there are a lot of women that have been harassed by a lot of men. There are a lot of creepy dudes out there. So I get it. But there are also people that take advantage of it and, and now are using it as a crush. The same way I'm seeing specifically white folks calling the cops on brothers for no reason. Black people just because. You don't have a permit. A kid doesn't have a permit to sell lemonade. Don't call the cops. Uh, you're barbecuing in the wrong part of uh, the park and call the cops. Um, let's see. You're sitting in Starbucks um, waiting for someone. You call the cops. You know, like, it's, it's, it's now blowing out of proportion. I, was, I, I just heard um, uh, the cops, um, you know, pulled over, not pulled over, there were about 10, 10 freshmen, incoming uh, freshmen at Washington University in St. Louis. Did y'all hear that story? I was listening to, uh, to the Black Eagle, Joe Madison, on Sirius XM Urban View. And uh, there, were, there were 10 students that the cops accosted recently incorrectly thinking that they uh dined and ditched on a bill at um at uh an IHOP in in St. Louis. Now what's offensive about that? It, it's offensive but well it's offensive that uh these students, you know, these students got got harassed by the cops incorrectly. Um what's wonderful is that the entire administration of the university uh, jumped in and resolved the situation. They uh, spoke with the cops, um, got the cops to apologize to the uh, students because that's that's what you're supposed to. No one, you know, no one ever, uh, with regards to the, the 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 individuals of color. You know, people are so quick, I should say, to jump on the well. What were they doing that 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 people thought they um. They might have dined in ditch. They weren't doing anything but being black. And perhaps there were some other uh, group of uh, young black individuals that did dine in ditch. But you can't just assume, well, they, they're the same complexion, so they, it must be them. It's not how it works, man. What's up with due process? You know, um... And I'm speak. I guess I'm speaking. I'm I'm a little more sensitive because I have that same complexion. Uh, but I I can appreciate that the school's administration moved quickly and swiftly, and had the students' interests best interests at heart because, you know, parents sent their kids away to that school. 
and and unfortunately in the, in the climate we're living in that could have escalated into something far worse you know god forbid someone got shot and now there's there's a there's a student that that went to college early to get you know get a head start and now they're lying uh dead in the cemetery because someone because someone someone with their brittle ego j- literally jumped the gun and pulled the trigger. You know, it does. It's, it's very frustrating. It's, it's got to be very frustrating for that. I know it's frustrating for me. So it's got to be frustrating uh, for anybody that, that uh, experiences it, uh, experience that type of harassment. So that's, I'm, I liken it to, um, I liken women's harassment, since, especially since people are always so quick to say, well, it's just like, you know, being black. No, it's not, but okay, I see where you're going with it. I understand the point you're attempting to make. So, I, it, it's not a, not this, it's a false equivalency, but I understand where you're going with it. And so that's what I'm saying with regards to, um, you know, women being harassed, specifically in this case, a female comic uh, jumping to the argument of this 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 male comic is harassing me when he really isn't harassing you so much as he's just uh, he's just a, 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 honestly attempting to give some constructive criticism because the first thing came to my mind is you know was she just annoyed that someone was giving her constructive criticism is the is the joke funny? The joke in question is that joke funny? How about that? Um, that's that's just in, in, that's, that's that's what my question is. <laughs> was was the joke not funny and you just got upset that somebody was giving you a, a note with regards to how to possibly make your unfunny joke funny? You know that? Yeah, maybe that's me. It's just me. Um, I don't know. Uh, well, I do know. Uh, there's no right or wrong. It's just how about some understanding and compassion and, and not being so quick to jump the gun. Is, these are all my opines. You know, I, I can't force my opinion on anybody else. All I can speak is my truth. So you hear my truth, take my truth, that is my truth, and there you have it. Huh? Huh? Yo. Another episode of Fun Much Protocol. Um, we we wrapping up early today. Like I said, um, a girl Lynn Copper, she'll be back on with me in September. We'll have part two, and we'll get we'll actually get her actual original story this time instead of just uh, shooting the gift. I mean, we still were, we were hitting some things, but you know, I want to make sure y'all y'all hear her original because uh, they're pretty pretty incredible if you ask me. Yeah. Man, Dean Edwards, dig y'all listening. Glad y'all y'all had a good time listening. Um, make sure you, uh, if you haven't checked it out, last week I was on. Um, excuse me, I was on my man uh, Dustin Chafin's uh, podcast. Um, so make sure you uh, you check me out on on there. And I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. And uh, y'all, I'll scream at y'all soon. Um, y'all can check that out. I'm sure on iTunes, SoundCloud. And I'll catch y'all next week. All love, two fingers, please.